Hello friends, this is Paul, and I hope you're enjoying wandering through nature with me each week. Well, if you enjoy wandering through nature and you enjoy journaling those wanderings, in other words, writing down or drawing whatever you find out there on our adventures, well, I've got an awesome nature journal for you. Yeah, I have three different nature journals with three different covers on them. The insides are pretty much the same. Lots of blank pages for you to write and draw all your experiences and your feelings while you're wandering through nature. The covers are different on each one of the three. And I also, for the young at heart or the youngsters who wander through nature with you, I have a children's nature journal, which is a guided nature journal. Lots of pages filled with ideas and suggestions for adventures in nature. Maybe they want to go exploring nature at night, doing a bug night. Well, they can do that with my suggestions and they can write everything down in their journal. And of course, I did leave some pages blanks for the youngsters to actually fill them out. Where can you get these awesome journals? Well, they're available now on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon.com. Do a search for author Paul Ferringer, and you'll find the Nature Wanderer journals. And I'm in the middle of creating some new ones, so keep an eye out and grab those journals while they're available. Have a great day, and keep wandering through nature. friends. This is Paul and welcome to the Nature Wonder podcast. I actually have a guest with me today. My lovely wife Bev is in the vehicle with me. Hello. And we are out in the town of East Aurora and our car doing what's called the Christmas Bird Count today. So it is December 30th. The Christmas Bird Count is always around Christmas obviously. And if you're unfamiliar with it, this is a bird count that's been going on for, well, this is the 124th year of the Christmas bird count. started in 1890. Now, in 1890, when it started, it actually started kind of as a protest to the, um, basically a what they would call a Christmas hunt. Um, the hunters were out doing a tally, doing a contest to see how many birds they could essentially shoot. Um, and it wasn't just birds, it was other animals too, mostly birds. And whoever came in with the most dead birds would win the contest and environmentalists were not happy about this this side hunt as they called it so they started what was known as the Christmas bird count and it was essentially let's go out and count birds without killing them to see how many birds we can find and it started out rather small and then it went much it grew from that point, I should say. And we're just driving along here very slowly, which annoys people. 
who were behind us. I was pull over for other people. And we're watching the trees. We're looking for any bird feeders in people's yards. Trying to see if there's any birds. It's not the best birding weather today. Uh, we came out first thing in the morning here at 7.30. Sunrise is at 7.40. But that's when the birds are most active, so we are trying to see if there's any birds out here. But we do have snow, kind of a wet rain-snow mix, about 33 degrees, overcast, no wind, which is good, so we might get some birds, but not the ideal conditions for birding. But you can't always get the ideal conditions for birding at the bird Christmas bird count. We came out once and it was almost a blizzard on the Christmas bird count. So essentially you have a couple of weeks around Christmas. You pick a date and there's a 15 mile diameter circle that you look in you map out from your center location um, and then you usually divide it up in smaller sections and people will go into that smaller section. The count lasts for one day so you don't do it for multiple days it's just one day. There's people who go out early early in the morning before sunrise and they look for owls if you have a nice park in your area, or a natural area, you can do that. But right now, um, I don't have much in my area to do that at. And we are actually, Bev and I are in a new territory this year. Yeah, we changed territories in our count area. Our circle is known as the East Aurora Hamburg Circle. I uh, used to be a compiler for the Buffalo Audubon Circle at Beaver Meadow Audubon Center in North Java. And our nature center was the center point and went 15 miles from that area. And I'm just going to pull over here. See movement in the tree, but that's just leaves, dead leaves littering around. Uh, so we're just going to keep our eyes open, we're going to keep watching these guys, any birds that are flying over, any birds that we hear, any birds that we see in the trees, we count them. Uh, we try to figure out what species, if we can see what species, and we figure out the number of birds. So a little bit quiet today out here right now. So anyhow, you have your 15, there's two crows in the tree right there. There's more. Usually when you get a couple, you got more. Um, okay, I'm hearing the crows. I'm going to pull up a little bit because it's a line fill here. Now we're using a couple of tools. I've talked about apps before in an episode. If you didn't hear about the apps, you can go to that episode. Um, we're recording everything with eBird. 
And I just got my Merlin app on my phone out. Play it for a minute here after the cars go by and we'll let Merlin pick up the different sounds. I heard a, a blue jay, so um, I'm going to say at least one blue jay. I saw two crows. I did hear the crows as well. Okay, there's a tufted titmouse that we're hearing calling up in the trees. Only hearing one. There's another crow to the right, so we're going to add another crow to the two I saw were around the left. That's the tufted titmouse we're hearing. Doing a few different calls today. The birds are starting to wake up. Like I said, early morning. That's why we come out here. It's a crazy hour on a Saturday morning when we could be sleeping in, but this is all for science. Um, yeah, yeah, stay here too long. Yeah, it's all we're hearing here is the tufted titmoss and some crows, so we'll head on a little bit further. Um, so anyhow, the first Christmas bird count actually started with 25 counts. Um, all around the country and up in Canada. So the U.S. and Canada were participating in this very first, you know, almost protest about the, you know, the side hunt. You know, we can, you know, count birds without shooting them. And so there are 25 counts going on. Um, and it's been going on ever since. Last year alone, there were actually 2,625 counts going on. Uh, 476 of those were in Canada, and the other 1,998 were in the U.S., and 151 in Latin America, the Caribbean, and the Pacific Islands. So it's actually spread all over. Uh, it's not just in America and Canada anymore. It's pretty much North America, South America. Um, two... 1,244 species were tallied last year, 79,000 observers, so people participating in the counts. So you can see it's grown quite a bit from its origins. Okay, cars have gone by. We're going to head out back onto the road keep our eyes open. Yep, another crow. It was a busy road once we get off this road, which is up here just a little ways, then it'll be a little bit less busy. Oh, I apologize for the blinking, but I also have to think about safety. Flashers on. 
They're in another tip mouse. so I can listen a little bit. A lot of traffic on this road. I'm not used to this. Our last territory was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, we were actually over in Eden area just next to Hamburg, New York, and really out in the country. Now we are on the main road just outside of East Aurora. So once we're off this road, it'll be a little quieter with the road noise. Another crow I'm hearing. So we're both observing, but Dove's in charge of the e-bird. Um, when we are going around, uh, I have my phone with Merlin, and I'll stop every once in a while, stick it out the window. Uh, but we're watching and listening, does tailing things on eBird as she sees them, and as I call them out to her. Now, we'll be out here for probably about three hours or so. I'm seeing stuff up in this tree here. It looks like just dead leaves. Yeah, just dead leaves. Nothing else is moving. Little pullover spider. I'm gonna pull over We're in a semi-residential area right now. Um, our territory, our new territory here goes partly residential, partly commercial. We're actually by some water. We're going to stop here a little bit later to we backtrack onto this section. Uh, we're going to pull in and take a look at the water. That's where a lot of the birds will hang out sometimes. We'll get some waterfowl down there. I'm going to be quiet for a little bit here and listen. I don't see any feeders in the front yard. People need to put more feeders up in their yards. I'm moving. Um, I believe it's a crow. I'm going to grab my binoculars just to make sure of those things. A little risky sometimes doing this, driving around slowly along the edge of the road, getting your. Here goes another crow flying over. Boy, we got a lot of crows today. Oh, there's three more. Okay, so total of four crows right there. Um, driving around slow, stopping every once in a while, getting out binoculars. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, have people had the police called on them? I've talked to, like I said, I've done this for many years, and I've talked to some of the other birders, and yes, they have had the police called on them. Blue Jay. Um, we. had someone stop us once. They came out of their house while we were sitting there, pretty much in their front yard, looking around in the trees. And they stopped us and, you know, hey, what are you guys doing? So I explained the whole thing. They thought it was pretty neat. So I'm educating also while I'm doing this, but I've never had the police yet, which I never do. 
First of all, I'd like to apologize for all the poor quality of the sound of this recording. The road noise, the car noise made it very difficult to get good quality recording. But second of all, I did want to make a slight correction or addition at this point. About 15 minutes after I said that we've never been pulled over by the police, we got pulled over by the police. Well, we didn't actually get pulled over. We were actually pulled over letting some cars go by, and a New York State trooper pulled up next to us with his lights on, and I just rolled my window down, and I told him that, hey, we're doing the Christmas bird account. We're just out here looking for birds, and he just waved and left us. So I just wanted to make that slight correction and apologize for the poor quality. So have a great day and enjoy listening to the rest of the episode. Hit up this little cool de sac, and don't you call this cool de sac? Um, don't worry, we don't panic. We're not going to be um, putting together a three, four hour episode. This will be edited. I'm going to stop recording it after a little while. So, Woodpecker. Um, sounds like a hairy. Two of them. And we have some chickadees in the tree. I'm seeing one, two, three. There's another one. Four, four chickadees. Let's see what Merlin here is. Yep, black-capped chickadee, white-breasted nuthatch. Oh yeah, I hear him now. Yeah, a lot of motion within the trees here. Okay, I'm going to say five chickadees I'm seeing. I'm hearing two nut hatches. So. That's a good spot there. Yeah, there's some wooded areas. It's very residential, but. So, oh, and we're being stared down by a dog. And we did. There's a bird feeder. But guess what? No seed. Come on, people. You got a bird feeder, fill it in the winter time. Yeah, a lot of times in the residential areas you'll find quite a few birds because people do feed. A lot of times in the summer, but yeah, yeah, they leave their feeders empty in the winter when the birds really need it. But I get it. You know, it's cold and damp. There's a full bird feeder and there's no birds around it. Um, no, let's go out. Oh, red bellied woodpecker and dark eyed junco. And use as many tools as possible for doing this. That's why I get my Merlin app out usually picks up a few birds that I don't. So apologize about some dead time. I'll try to edit some out if it goes too long, but I'm trying to listen as we're doing this. Pretty good area there, residential area. 
Um, we're going to stop up here a little bit because we're right near Casanova Creek. You can usually find waterfall. Oh, I've got three birds flying overhead. There go. Like ring billed gulls. Yep, three ring billed gulls flying over. I can tell by the flight pattern. I'm not going to use Merlin here because uh, there's a w small waterfall and it's a little noisy. Yeah. There it goes. Oh, can't tell what he is over there. Pretty large, I'm thinking that's another crow. Big old sycamore trees, they're gorgeous. Okay, so we're on another busy road here. So I'm keeping my windows closed. We're just gonna watch and actually along here because we're on the edge of our territory, we're only counting on the left side of the road. I'm gonna pull over every once in a while. This gives me a chance to explain a little bit more about why on earth are we out here early in the morning in the middle of winter counting birds. There goes another two more. Um, oh, holy crap. There's what about 15. I've got cars behind me. i got to pull over. i got to remember that I'm driving also. Those were gulls? Those were gulls, yeah. 15 ring-billed gulls. Can't see the ring on the bill of all of them, but I saw it on at least one. There goes a crow. And another gull. And there's another crow sitting up on the phone line here. Another crow in the tree. Over here. So we are um, doing this as citizen science. I've talked about that before in previous episodes. Citizen science, basically scientists can't be everywhere. So we are out here helping them out. We are doing some of the data collection for them so that the scientists can take that data and analyze it. but this helps them to collect data. Rather than have a few scientists out there, you got hundreds of people out there collecting all this information. You can cover a wider range. Uh, you can get more information that way. Is it scientifically accurate? Um, I would go with, and this is just my opinion, I'd go with about 90%. Because the birders who are out there doing this are avid birders. They are enjoying doing what they're doing. Uh, I remember when I was compiling for Buffalo Audubon, doing the Christmas bird count. 
um, we had some new people come in and they're like, well, I don't know my birds. I don't know what I'm doing. Can I still do this? And yes, you can. Uh, we would stick them with a, a more experienced birder so that they would actually have help with the birding. Um, I'm putting my four ways on again just because I've got a pretty busy road here and I'm going slow even though I've got a nice edge to the road. So we stuck the inexperienced birders with the more experienced birders so that they could learn more about how to do this. So it got some more people out there learning how to do citizen science. What do you see? Hmm? A house for sale. A house for sale. Oh yeah, there's a house that's for sale. That's a nice house too. Uh, and scientists will take this data and they compile it all in one place and then they look at it. Just about five years ago they took the Christmas bird count for the last hundred plus years and they studied it intensively and they discovered that a lot of species were actually moving their territories further north. And they were doing that, of course, because of climate change. So it's getting warmer. They correlated it with the temperature means and found that yeah, birds are actually moving their designated territories, if you want to say that. Um, where they're usually found, their historic territories, they're moving it further and further north because it's getting warmer and warmer. So, and all that was because, well, citizens, people like you and I are out there gathering this information and putting it into a database for them. Now, the data collection has gotten better and better over the years. Three birds just flew over, but I can't tell if they were, so... Too far away, and I didn't have like binoculars out. So, oh, it's got some activity here. There's one sitting right up on the. And I'm going to get my stop and get my binoculars out. And even though I'm seeing only two, I'm sure there's more around, so I'm going to stick around here for a second. Sterlings always hang out in big packs, flocks. Before I get emails. They're not called packs, they're called flocks. Yes, I know. I can make a mistake when I'm thinking one thing and talking another thing. There's a couple more. There goes blue jay. Okay, so we got a blue jay that just flew across the road. He was on our side, so we get to count him. I've seen all the rest of the starlings. So we got three that I saw. So Oh, there goes another blue jay. Don't run over any mailboxes. And two more gulls. We are close enough to Lake Erie, so even this far inland, we do get gulls now and then. There's a a little fat crow on the ground over there. Mm -hmm. Eating something, getting his 
breakfast. Open to see a murmuration. Crow. And there's another blue jay. Chickadees. Yep. Okay, five chickadees. So essentially, scientists are using this data from citizen science just to do research on how birds are doing, um, how their numbers are, how climate change affects the birding population and birds and other wildlife in general. So all of that is done because of citizen science. And to participate, I want to let everyone know how to participate. If you are interested in doing the Christmas bird count, it's too late now. So by the time this episode comes out, like I said, it's the 30th Saturday. Um, the count will be over, and there are no more that I know of. Um, and this episode comes out on Thursday, so there. But you can always plan for next year. And there's other bird counts that go on throughout the year. In February is the Great Backyard Bird Count, which I'll probably do an episode with that as well. And I'll make sure I talk about it well in advance so that you can participate. But the Christmas bird count next year, just go on the Audubon website and or just do a Google search for Christmas bird counts. And it's going to take you to Audubon, National Audubon Society. They're the ones who run the bird count. And you can find the count in your area, as they call it, a circle in your area. Pick one that's close, and they will have all the contact information as to who's running the count. Contact that person. And like I said, you don't need to be an expert birder. Uh, I know my birds by sight, I know most of them by call, but I miss a, a few now and then. I've got birders who are a lot better than I am, who can tell pretty much every bird just by sound. And they could probably tell how many too. That's something I can't do yet. But the more you do it, the better you get. So you don't have to be an expert. Find a count. They'll hook you up with someone who is good. And that's how you get started. It's a lot of fun. You're helping science in doing it as well. And it gets you out in nature. Back when I ran the... Um, Christmas bird count at Beaver Meadow Audubon Center. We had an informal mammal count too. So as you're driving around, if you saw um, a dog or a horse or a fox or you know wildlife or domestic, didn't matter. You, you, we would do an informal count on that too, just for fun. Um, most of those birds, and yes, you can put down if you see domestic ducks or geese. Um, you can count those as well. They want to know as 
many birds as you can find. There goes a two more um, ring-billed gulls. I'll stop here. A lot of birds like to hang around the water as well. It's a good source for them. Um, but as I was saying, while we are out here, I wanted to talk maybe a little bit about the tools we're using. Uh, I know I have an episode out. If you haven't heard that episode on using apps in nature, um, go to the episode just came out not too long ago, and you can learn about all the different apps that you can use to help you to discover nature. And the two main apps we use on the Christmas bird count, as I was saying earlier, are Merlin and eBird. eBird is a way to document what birds you're seeing. You can use it in your own backyard as you're watching the bird feeders. And all that data goes to the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, where it gets distributed to any scientists that want to use it, including the scientists at Cornell. And they use that data for a lot of different uh, information to see what birds are around, where their territories are. So it's an easy and fun app to use. You can download it for your iPhone or Android phones. And the other app that we're using is Merlin. So I'm running Merlin on my phone. And Merlin is also um, an app put out by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. And once again, all that data goes to the lab that they can use it. So my recordings that I make go to the lab. And if there's really good recordings, I'll actually save them in their database. And that app basically helps you to identify birds by sounds. Um, there's also a section on Merlin for identifying them by appearance. So if you don't know what a bird is, you can put in as much information about that bird, size, color, and it'll try to identify it for you. It'll pull up different birds and you can say, yep, that was it. So Merlin is an awesome app. I use it mostly for birding by ear. Like I said, I'm pretty good at um, knowing most of my bird calls when I hear them, but there's a few that get by me. Yeah, so anyhow, with Merlin, it listens for me. A lot of times I'll be out and I'll be hearing like five different birds that I'm hearing, yet Merlin picks up like seven or eight. So here's some of the birds in the background. I'm not hearing because they're fainter than what my ears are picking up. So it's a really good app. I highly recommend downloading it. Uh, you can learn more about the different apps from my past episode. But those are some two of my favorite apps, eBird for recording what birds I'm seeing. And if you keep a life list, a lot of people keep a life list of birds. Now, obviously, while we're out here birding, we're not going to be counting every single bird in our territory. And there go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 geese. Canada geese just flew over in their V formation, kind of a messy V, but we'll call it a V formation. And we've got three starlings just flew over. Got a little more activity along this road. A little bit less traffic, too. 
Starlings just flew over. Okay, we've got a farm, horse farm right here. So you get, oh, look at all that murmuration of starlings. Um, and this is where I cannot count every single one, but I know that there's, you know, like 10 in that group. So I kind of go by groups and just had a bunch fly right off the ground. So you got about 10, 20, 30, 40. About 120 starlings. Oh, there they all go. Yeah, those are all the same birds. Oh, I'm going to up my numbers though. Yep, about the same size as this group, so go another 130. So, as you can tell, we're doing an approximate on it, uh, but I've been doing this long enough, I know. You know, how many birds fit into, you know, like one section. Here's a morning dove sitting on the phone line. Uh, so I've been doing this long enough. I can do a really good estimate. I've gotten really good at that when you have large flocks like that. That looks like a that's kind of what I thought the way it was flying by the size. So 100% accurate? No. 99% accurate? I'd go with that. Yes. So we are fairly accurate on these. But as you saw, I just estimated on the 200 plus starlings that we just saw. Uh, but like I said, we get pretty good at guessing. Doing this pretty much as long as I have. How long have we been doing this? Oh, I, mean, I used to do it for Beaver Meadow. Not only would I compile, but I'd be out either on the trails. It's probably been at least 20 years. Yeah, um, I used to do it on the trails, or I'd go riding with someone who um, one of their fellow birders couldn't go with them and they didn't want to do it alone so I would go with them so I did that a number of times so with Beaver Meadow I probably did it for probably at least eight years and then after I left Beaver Meadow and started working elsewhere um, Devin and I decided to join the East Aurora Hamburg count and when we did that, you think what about? We've been gone from Beaver Meadow for 13 years. Okay, so we've been doing it at least 13 years. So about 20 years we've been doing the Christmas bird count. And this is not the only bird count that we do, or that I do. There are some that I do on my own. Um, great Backyard Bird Counts is another favorite of mine in February. And like I said, I'll do an episode on that in advance so that you can know how to participate. Also watch my website, um, my Facebook, so I always advertise early for the Backyard Bird Count on Facebook and Instagram. And speaking of which, even though I'm going to continue recording and I'll edit some in and edit some out, um, I do want to remind you that if you enjoy what you're hearing, Besides the cars going by, if you enjoy what you're hearing, 
Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Uh, you can find my website at naturewander.org or thenaturewander.com, either one. You can also find me on Instagram at thenaturewander underscores in between each word. We've got some crows out in the field here. One, two, three, four, five crows getting their breakfast. Um, I'm also on Facebook at The Nature Wanderer. So before, be sure to check those out. Another two crows up in the tree there. Um, so check out um, my social media. And if you want to support the podcast, don't forget that you can go to my Patreon or my Ko-Fi pages, which links are in the show notes to all of this information. And if you love wandering through nature as I do and you want to record all your wandering, um, do some nature journaling, I have available, there's three more crows in the field, four more crows in the field over here. Um, you can purchase my nature journals. I have three different nature journals for adults for journaling, basically a an introduction and then the pages are blank inside for you to fill out as you wish. Some are lined pages, others are unlined, so you can draw pictures as well. Um, and then I also have some nature journals out for the young at heart or the young in your life. And those are more of a guided journal. So it kind of guides you along your journey on nature journaling. So check those out. The links for those are also in the show notes. And if you want to purchase some Nature Wanderer merch, I have a merch store that is also found in the show notes. The link will be in the show notes. So check all that out. Um, I'm going to continue on birding for the next several hours, and I'll probably edit some interesting stuff back in. But for now, I'm going to say have a great day, and don't forget, keep exploring the nature around you. Did you know that plastic is made with oil, a fossil fuel that pollutes the environment? And did you know that only about 15% of all plastic is recycled into new products? Wouldn't it be awesome if we could live our lives without plastic so that we could stop harming the planet? Well, there's a company that wants to help you do just that. Life Without Plastic sells products that will reduce or eliminate your dependence on plastic. They have a large selection from toothbrushes to food storage containers to drinking straws, all plastic-free. And it's reasonably priced. So what are you waiting for? 
Check out all these great plastic-free products and help save the planet. Just click on the link in the show notes to find out more and to start your journey to being plastic-free.